Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is up? Welcome in to the Early Edge NFL Friday Prop Show Spectacular. I'm your host, Alan Bell. We got a fantastic show lined up for you today. But before we get to all that, I'll tell you what. The most important and the reason you're all here, Early Edge merch, 20% off. No, I'm just kidding. You're here for everybody. But we are having a sale, 20% off all Early Edge merch for the rest of the year we're offering that use the link in the description of both the audio or video versions of this podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, use the QR code right there to take you directly to the storefront at checkout. Use the code early edge 20. That's early edge two zero. Now, before we look forward, we must look back, take a look at the picks from last week. Solid. All right. Cross the board, man. Prop stars. Well done on that. Uncle Dave. Look, it, this is me being in the chat. I think I, I got to my man here, but you know what? He's been crushing it all season long and seeing Najad coming through on Jerry Duty and Rashad Penny. Nice job. And Tony Pollard, we're going to talk about this in a minute. Dallas has some issues. I want to see way more Tony Pollard. But you know what? Let's bring in the stars of the show. Let's look at these guys here. And first off, all right, Uncle Dave, it's a pleasure yeah. to see you as always, sir. How are we doing? Uh, we're doing pretty bad. AB, uh, it's embarrassing how off I was. Last. I, I mean, just pathetic, really. I think it's the only word to describe it. Let's. I just want to quickly review it. Last week, uh, Geno Smith under twenty-two and a half completions, so way off. He had twenty-three. Uh, J.D. McKissick over three and a half catches. I, I was not even in the ballpark. He had three receptions, all coming in the second half. Marcus Mariota longest pass under thirty-six and a half yards. 57 minutes into the game, he completes a pass on a catch and run, preposterous pass, went 42 yards. I am ashamed at how off I was last week. The one and four record could have been 0 and five. That's how bad it was. But well, uh, let's try and get after it this week and do a better job. Oh, hey, no doubt. I mean, all the faith in the world. And let me also say this three weeks ago on one of these shows, I went 0 and 11 in one day. So nobody's going to do any worse than that. So let me assure you, feel positive, feel good. We're going to let that thing rip. I also will say it is very difficult to go 0-11. There should be some sort of like trophy or something, some sort of recognition, because I don't know if I could do that again. Like one of those toilet bowl trophies? That might be yeah. something that, that we can work up. Uh, you, you didn't catch the sarcasm there with what yeah, I was I saying? Yeah, I caught it a little bit. Yeah, okay. absolutely. I caught it. Okay. Yeah. Right. You know, I just wanted to make everybody else, you know, just feel well, worse for tailing me, really, is what I wanted to do. All right, see you, Najat. Looking sharp as always, sir. How are we doing? 
Appreciate it. I'm doing badly too, just like Dave, but it's because I caught some sort of flu yesterday and I'm like, I'm operating at like 70%. So I'm okay. But listen, if Michael Jordan can have his flu game, if Kobe Bryant can play in the finals with a broken finger, if Miss T in South Carolina can compete back in 2007 with no understanding of basic sentence structure, such as therefore the Iraq, I can take those icons and apply it to today and show up and give out some props. I wonder what she's – well, first off, I agree. And the flu that you had is called the Denver Broncos offense, specifically in the red zone. Uh, but, no, like I wonder what that Miss Teen South Carolina is doing now, such as, therefore, the Pacific Ocean. Like, dude, she was all over the board there. Most A people great don't clip. have maps. Most people don't have maps. Such <laughs> That's as, right. Forget about Iraq. Most people don't have <laughs> maps. Pop stars, how we doing, sir? AB, we're good. Coming off a four in one week. Also highlighted by Austin Eckler scoring not one, not two, but three touchdowns. I did recommend everybody sprinkle on that. I sprinkled that. Was very elated to see a lot of tickets with people sprinkling three touchdowns for Austin Eckler. Going to be hard to outdo that this week, but I think we're going to bounce back. I know Uncle Dave's going to bounce back, and I'm excited for Sia's MJ flu game today. There we go. Right. Dude, I mean, you nailed it. Like three to like three touchdowns. You drilled it right on the button, man. That was well done. All right. Let's not waste any more time. Let's get into the games. So we've got a London game this weekend here. We got the Giants and the Packers. Packers, eight-point favorite, total of 41. Now, the last seven games in London, when you've had a team that is a touchdown favorite or more, six and one against the spread. But we're not talking spread. We're talking props. And prop stars, you've got a play on this one with Saquon Barkley. What you got? Yeah, I rarely go back to the well with props, but I had to on this one. I can't believe we're getting a, a lower number than we got last week. That's Saquon Barkley over 14 and a half yards, longest rush. If you recall, this was 16 and a half last week. It was one of my favorite plays. I gave it out via article, via stream. Uh, Saquon's eclipsed this in all four games this season. The Giants, they're facing the Packers defense. They are nearly as big as a run funnel as the Bears who the, Pack who the Giants faced last week. Uh, also, the Packers are not maximizing play volume on offense at all in my opinion this is going to allow for the Giants to really Im implement a run heavy strategy today or excuse me on Sunday also the Packers run defense they're 27th in EPA per the uh, against the rush 31st in rush success percentage 30th in run grade so in addition to being a run funnel they are not good versus the run at all Saquon he looks incredible as good as he's ever looked in his career the Giants offense is literally built around his breakaway running style as as well. Uh, Barkley, he's second to Nick Chubb in NFL's next generation rush yards over expected this season, ranks fifth in rush yards over expected per attempt. He's delivering just a ton of long runs, super efficient on a big workload. The guy has been phenomenal. He also leads all running backs with an 88% snap share as well. His rushing attempts line is set at 18 and a half and it's juiced to the over. So he's a great shot to handle around 20 carries. And if he gets 20 carries against this defense he's going to snap off a run for over 15 yards for sure in my opinion whoa go with a for sure lock that one in all right now dave your son's running wild over here what do you think about this play what do you think about this game as a whole <laughs> uh he's my nephew not my son sorry yeah nephew sorry let me get the familiars correct <laughs> it's 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 the packers are not allowing a low yard per carry average so there's certainly something there and you know that the giants are gonna have to lean on saquon barkley Asking him to get a 15-yard run doesn't seem like that much. He should be able to come through. So I, I like exactly how he's feeling on this one. There we go. He All being right. he being little little Geppetto over there. Right 
his rap album. It's coming out. It's going to be fire. All right. See ya. Same question back at you, man. Like, just thoughts on the game, you know, in regards to the Giants and their quarterback situation, what that looks like. Their offense could be one-dimensional, could be half-dimensional, right? And the Packers, they can get after the quarterback. The Giants, pretty much except for the left tackle position, has been just a turnstile. Just your thoughts on the game. Any bets that you looked at, didn't fully go through, but you thought about hard, she thoughts in general. Yeah, in this game, I, there, there wasn't any bets I, I actually looked at. I mean, I think Daniel Jones is going to play, which is interesting. But as far as the receiver core, I mean, I, I just don't know what to expect. And so I agree with Alex that this is going to be obviously a Saquon-centric football game. I, I You know, on the other side of the ball, I, I do think A.J. Dillon and, and Aaron Jones are going to have some success. But as far as like the total or, you know, the eight points, uh, I'm not on this. My lean would be to the Packers, actually. Uh, coming off a very substandard game. I think they're going to be locked in this game, but uh, not a game I'm looking at to bet on. Yeah, I'm with you on there, man. Like, I'm fascinated to see, you know, because we've heard, you know, Aaron Rodgers, obviously, and, uh, you know, just the not distrust, but just unhappiness with the Packers offense as a whole. And, you know, his passing game really is at the line of scrimmage or behind it, to be completely honest with you. So I'm fascinated to see that game. All right, getting into the early slate here. Props coming back at you, buddy. We've got the Titans, a two-point favorite at the Washington Commanders, a total of 43. Interesting nuggets on this game. You look at the Tennessee Titans. They've only scored one touchdown in the second half of games this season, but they've scored a touchdown on their opening drive in every single game this season. They look like they're kind of getting things turned around a little bit. You're going on the opposite side, Washington's offense. Uh, Terry McLaurin over 56.5 receiving yards. Break it down, man. Yeah, I like Terry McLaurin in this matchup. He's had a bit of a slow start to the season. He still managed to eclipse this line in all, th- uh, excuse me, in three of his four games played. He's coming off a disappointing game against the Cowboys, where he finished with only two receptions for 15 yards. The entire Commanders' offense struggled against an elite Cowboys defense. I think this Cowboys defense is arguably the best defense in the NFL. But McLaurin and company, they have a much better matchup against the Titans on Sunday. Also, this Commanders' receiving group is banged up Jahan Dotson has been ruled out Curtis Samuels questionable he is expected to play uh, and also uh, tight end Logan Thomas uh, is also questionable banged up may not play as well so I think the the target distribution is going to be further condensed towards Terry and what is a very favorable matchup Titans they're 24th in passing DVOA they've surrendered the fourth most yards to opposing wide receivers this season also if we're looking at Carson Wentz yes he really struggled the last two weeks but that was against the Eagles and the Cowboys in my opinion and two of the best defenses in the NFL. I think he's going to fare a lot better versus this Titans team. I was actually surprised to see this number open in the mid-50s. I think this might be up to like 63 and a half, 64 and a half come kickoff. There we go. And Dave, you know, no official picks, props on this game, but just your thoughts in general. Do you see any players that could have a breakout game or on the opposite side, players that we think could be big, really not a factor at all? Which game is this that we're talking about? Titans Commanders. Uh, I, I'm a little nervous about Derrick Henry. I almost went with an under Derrick Henry prop of 86 and a half rushing yards because Washington's run defense has been terrific. And I know the commanders have been dragged through the mud the last two weeks. Their offense has been a mess. I'm curious if Brian Robinson plays. That's the rookie running back. You read about him in the news or heard about it online. He got carjacked, got shot. He's going to be back for this game. Theoretically, if he is, I think he changes the tenor of the offense. And I think the commanders kind of bounce back a little bit against the Titans. It's a winnable game for them, which makes me a little bit nervous about Derrick Henry finding 100 yards. But I do think that he'll be – I think he'll score. I think he'll be okay for fantasy. 
but it wouldn't surprise me if the commanders ended up winning this game. Yeah. You know what? I, I completely agree with you. And yeah, see you. Go ahead. What you got? No, I mean, I just wanted to reflect what, what David, uh, what Dave just said, because I have been very vocal about betting against Washington the last two weeks. Two really tough matchups, really, really amazing defensive lines in the Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. We don't have that here with the Titans. This is a really perfect spot to actually bet the Washington Commanders plus two, plus one and a half, wherever you get it. it again, you're, you're kind of betting the situation. You're betting the spots. The same reason I love the Niners for Monday Night Football. You're, you're betting the situation. People are people were down on the Niners. People are down on the Commanders. They're certainly up on the Titans, a team that could end up winning the AFC South. Everybody's down on Indy. Nobody knows much about Jack. Jacksonville. I think people think the Titans are a, are a pretty good team, but the reality is this is a good matchup for the commanders. And with Brian Robinson likely um, being on the active roster, I, I do think to Dave's point that that is sort of a rallying cry for this team. This is a, this is a game they absolutely have to win. And it happens to be a pretty good matchup, both offensively and defensively relative to the last two games. I really like the commanders in this spot. Yeah. You know, and you're looking at a Titans defense that is severely banged up injuries everywhere yeah uh yeah absolutely man good call on that one all right uh next game all three of you have plays on this one so dave i'll start with you buddy we've got steelers at the bills bills 14 point favorite total of 45 and a half you're on a Najee harris under man what do you got it's under 71 and a half total yards minus 115 at caesars and when i originally found the prop it was 70 and a half so we're getting an extra yard i'll take it i think this is a terrible setup for all the steelers in general Kenny Pickett making his first NFL start on the road in Buffalo, literally the league's best pass defense. I think it's going to be tough for him to find good yardage. And even if they tell him, hey, maybe you should throw it to Najee a little bit, his track record in college did not suggest him throwing to running backs. In 2021, 14% of his targets to running backs, that's low in college. And that was the highest mark in his last three years at Pitt. Last week he came in. He actually looked good for most of the plays that he had. I know he had three interceptions. One was on a Hail Mary. Two were on passes where his receivers could have caught the ball. Zero percent of his targets went to Najee Harris. And the Bills, top five in yards per catch allowed to running backs, top five in yards after contact per catch to running backs. I think you see where I'm going with this one. I think Najee's going to have a tough week, and he might get 60, 65 total yards. He'll get close to 71 but he won't get there under 71 and a half total yards for Najee Harris against the bills. There we go. And see, I'm going to throw it over to you, man. Um, you're kind of looking the same position in this game, running backs, Devin Singletary. What do you got here? Yeah, let's go with an under uh, Devin Singletary under 53 and a half rushing yards. Uh, first of all, he's yet to hit this total in four games this season. So that's the good news there. And frankly, he's been a lot more efficient in the passing game than he has been in the running game. He's got two games where he got into the 40 ish yards and he's got two games that were complete duds. So in this particular game, yeah, he's going to be on the field a lot, but I just don't think um, the, the rushing totals are going to be there for him ultimately. And for the record, this is a 14 point spread. This game could absolutely get away from Pittsburgh. And that does leave the door open a little bit for guys like Zach Moss and James Cook to finally get some playing time. At the end of the day, Devin Singletary hasn't hit this total. He's certainly much more relied upon in the receiving game. Yes, Pittsburgh has given up a, a decent amount to running backs, but they have played yeah. some really good running teams like the Cleveland Browns, for example. I just don't think Devin Singletary gets to this 53 and a half number. Yeah, I think I saw a stat earlier that every single touchdown for the Bills this year is either a Josh Allen pass or a Josh Allen run. Like, yeah. every every single one of them. It's crazy, man. Now, props, throw it over to you, all three of you, not only all in this game, but all at the running back position, and you're on Devin Singletary as well. 
on an over, but a different look. What do you got? Yeah, I like Devin Singletary in the receiving game. If you've listened to me or followed me for a while, you have heard me ad nauseum talk about why I think running back receiving props are highly, highly volatile. I avoid caution with them. I try to avoid them at all costs, but actually this is one that I like quite a bit. Uh, For starters, Singletary so far, he looks to have a stranglehold on this Bills backfield. He's seen his snap percentage grow every single week. Coming off last week, he played 88 percent of the snaps at the end of last season Singletary had taken over the Bills backfield he had an 80 percent snap share in the three of the uh, Bills final five regular season games and then he had an 86 and 100 percent snap share in the playoffs it took a few weeks this season but that appears to have been the case again he's getting elite usage he's piled up 16 targets 13 receptions and 125 receiving yards over the last two games alone and also opposing defenses are, are choosing to play a lot of two high safeties against Josh Allen and the Bills that results in a lot of open looks underneath and forcing Josh Allen to check the ball down which he's doing and Singletary is a big beneficiary of that also a lot of injuries for these Buffalo pass catchers we know uh, Jameson Crowder broke his ankle Isaiah McKenzie uh, looks unlikely to play as well those are the Bills two starting slot receivers uh, Jake Kumaro is also looks to be inactive. So I think Singletary might be his most trusted receiver outside of obviously Stefan Diggs and maybe Gabe Davis. But yeah, Singletary, this is a great matchup on paper as well. The Steelers are aggressive. They blitz a lot. They've allowed the 10th most receiving yards to opposing running backs this season. So I expect Josh Allen to continue leaning on Singletary in the passing game when he's forced to check down where Singletary's looked really good. There we go. There we go. All right. Next game here. Chargers, two and a half point favorite on the road at the Cleveland Browns. Now, props, I'm going to come to you. You're uh, the only one that has an official play on this game. However, in the chat, we had a question. And Dave, Sia, I want you guys to think on this one uh, after props gives his play. Let me find it. Am Sauer says, Nick Chubb, reception yards over seven and a half at minus 120. So take a second. Think on that one. Props, you got one play. Austin Eckler. Over 51 and a half rushing yards. Hit it, man. What you got? I love how I caution everybody about running back receiving props, and that's the next question that comes up. Very poetic. <laughs> but uh, Austin Eckler, I'm going back to the well with Eckler. Obviously had a huge week for us last week. Instead, I'm, I'm choosing to attack his rushing yards this week. I like him over 51 and a half rushing yards. Coming off the best game of the season, he had 13 carries for 60 yards on the ground. He gets another potentially really, really good matchup against the Browns. The Browns are 31st defensive EPA against the the rush 30th and rushing DVOA the Browns run the ball well and they can't stop the run at all defensively uh, also this Chargers offense they are weighted really heavily towards the pass likely to be without Keenan Allen Justin Herbert still playing with a rib injury I just think the Chargers are going to have to implement a more balanced attack here especially after Eckler looked really good running the ball last week also Sony Michelle and Joshua Kelly they only combined for 10 carries for 26 yards that's 2.6 yards per carry and that was against the Texans that is dismal so I think Eckler is going to continue to get 12 to 16 rushing attempts in this game and against this Cleveland Browns defense that's all he's going to need so he's going to continue to be the focal point of this Chargers offense it's a great matchup for him 
He's had at least 50 rushing yards in 13 of 16 games last year. So this is an easy number for him despite the low or the slow start for him this season. And it's a fantastic matchup. That's why I love Austin Eckler over 51 and a half rushing yards. There we go. I'll tell you what. I'm fascinated to see. Yeah, I'm fascinated to see Kevin Stefanski in this red zone offense. They can figure it out. Dave, go ahead. See ya. Jump in right after. So the first thing I was going to say is that I toyed with taking the other side of this, and I just couldn't pull the trigger on it. I didn't think that it would be wise to go with an Austin Eckler under rushing prop when the Browns are so bad against the run. You saw the Falcons scheme up against them. At one point last week, the Falcons called 14 straight run plays against them, and they scored a touchdown on the drive. And this wasn't with Cordero Patterson. It wasn't with Michael Turner or Jamal Anderson. It was with Tyler Algier and Caleb Huntley and other guys you haven't heard of. So there is something there with this Browns defense being bad against the run. Proppy nailed it when he talked about leaning on Austin Eckler a little bit more running the ball. They did it last week, worked pretty well for them. And something else, they lost their starting left tackle last, or two weeks ago he got hurt. First game without him last week. The dude who replaced him was amazing. He's like a man and a half. Sailor, I believe, is his last name. He's someone that might help make that offense a little bit stronger than initially thought after they lost Rashawn Slater to the season-ending injury. So I'm with you on this one. I, it wouldn't surprise me if it's close, like maybe 57 to 65 rushing yards for Eckler, but I think he gets over it. I was a little, a little shy to take the under. There we go. All right, see it now. You've got a brand new play on this game, Kareem Hunt. That's right. I've got Kareem Hunt over 63 and a half rushing and receiving yards. I really went back and forth on this one because I almost just took Nick Chubb over 90 and a half rushing yards. I actually kind of like both plays, which I think is unusual since they are two guys that are going to be eating off each other's plate a little bit. But if you want to talk about rushing de- bad rushing defenses, look no further than the Chargers who have the worst rushing defense in the league, at least through four weeks. They're giving up 6.1 yards per carry. So the reason I'm going with Kareem Hunt over Nick Chubb, I, again, I do like both, but we've seen over the first four games that Kareem Hunt is getting somewhere around 10 to 11 uh, rushing attempts. And he's getting somewhere, you know, between, you know, we can expect two to four targets. So with that type of role and with the Chargers giving up so much in the rushing game, I, I really like Kareem Hunt to go over this total. And the reason Kareem Hunt is is sort of the one I ended up leaning on rather than Nick Chubb is I don't know if we actually know who this Browns team is yet. In other words, we could see a situation where the Chargers just outclass the Cleveland Browns. I'm not necessarily expecting that. I think Cleveland will be able to establish the run. This should be a good close back and forth game. But in the event that the Chargers really take a big lead, boom, now you have Kareem Hunt in this game for even more snaps in the passing game. So give me rushing and receiving over 63 and a half yards. You know what? I, look, I agree with the play. Like, I also agree with – I had no idea what to expect out of the Cleveland Browns team. Like, they're right. legit moving the ball down the field. They get to the red zone, and it just stops. It's It reminds me a lot of Denver to where they just go completely brain dead and change their offensive style of what's been working, and it just – I don't know, man. Like, I, I'm with you. Like, I don't have a good feeling on who Cleveland is, and I feel like week to week it could be a completely different team. Uh, in regards to that, yeah, props for the Yeah, I really like where Sia's head's at with this regarding Hunt. I think this game 
there's some of the potential outcomes here are with Cleveland trailing hunt is the preferred back in those sort of game scripts. He has a very versatile skill set as well. We've also seen Jacoby Brissett really lean on targeting his running backs and hunt is one of the best receiving running backs in the NFL. So this potentially just could be a more of a Kareem hunt game than a Nick Chubb game. And the beauty of Kareem hunt is that he still gets plenty of play. Even when uh, the charger, or excuse me, uh, the Browns are able to implement the run and it is close and competitive. So it kind of, uh, it gives you a lot of uh, safety and security regardless of what type of game uh, environment kind of unfolds here. So I really like this play from CF. There we go. There we go. All right. Next game here. Dolphins, three and a half point favorite at the New York Jets. Total of 46. See, you're the only one with an official play on this one. Like Elijah Moore, over 30, or 43 and a half receiving yards. What do you say? Yeah, so we know Elijah Moore was Zach Wilson's favorite target last year. And, and last week he caught three or four targets for 53 yards. So that, that would get him over this total of 43 and a half receiving yards that we're seeing across most books. Here's the thing, though. You know, it was Zach Wilson's first game back. We know we have Garrett Wilson in the mix, and that's certainly complicated things. Corey Davis gets his. Tyler Conklin gets his. But I'm expecting, it's almost like, uh, two weeks ago when I had the Brees Hall play and I had the Michael Carter under, I, I you know, I said when, when I when I hit those, fortunately, that there would be a kind of a changing of the garden. That's exactly what we've seen. I'm not saying there's going to be a changing of, of the garden necessarily from Elijah Moore, you know, to Garrett Wilson or vice versa. I just think Elijah Moore is going to be looked upon by Zach Wilson as Zach Wilson gets more and more comfortable playing these games. So Elijah Moore over 43 and a half receiving yards. Oh, by the way, the Miami pass defense is pretty terrible they're they're one of their two best corners is on ir and the other corner is banged up so the, the, they're giving up i think their their pass defense is 31st or 32nd in the league in terms of um yards per game so elijah moore over 43 and a half receiving yards i think he gets four to five to six targets and i if he catches three balls i, I think he could absolutely get over this total there you go yeah perhaps we get up yeah, so I'm a big uh, supporter of Elijah Moore. He's run more routes than any wide receiver in the NFL this year. So I think anytime you're getting him under 45 yards, uh, just because of that sort of route participation, I feel like there's a lot of baked in value there. And then as far as Tyler Conklin goes, Sia mentioned him. Uh, he's no longer going by Tyler Conklin. He's officially Conk Daddy going forward. Oh, so I just wanted nice. to put that out there. Thank you. Conk Daddy. There we go. All right, real quick before we move on to the next game. Uh, looking back at the previous one, props, a question for you from Jason Kane. Uh, took Singletary up to 20 and a half. Is that still good? Uh, so there's thin margins with these running back receiving props, but as I always am cautioning you against them, I wouldn't put this out if I didn't feel like I had a significant edge on it. My projections have him like 29 yards. But uh, I personally, that's right around the threshold of where I'd stay away. But, uh, yeah, I'd scale down with your units, at least, if you're taking it at 20 and a half. That's good advice. Solid advice, sir. Well done. All right. Next game here. You all three. Uh, uh, let's up. Sorry. Dave, you have a pick. And Sia, you have two picks on this one. We got the Falcons at the Bucks. Bucks, a 10-point favorite. Man, it's gone up. It was eight and a half, I swear, like 24 hours ago. Total 46 and a half. Dave, you go first. You got to play on Marcus Mariota here. Uh, for the second week in a row, I've got a play on Marcus Mariota, but it's not the same type of play. This week, I'm guessing that he throws an interception, something that he's done in each of his past three games. Over one half interception at minus 123. It's it's high juice, but as the coach might say, 
it's worth the squeeze. Figure that the Falcons are going to have to throw. They're playing Tampa Bay. The Bucs have a good run defense. The Bucs on offense can put points up. It means that Marcus Mariota is going to have to put the ball in the air. He's going to do so against a Tampa Bay defense that's had at least one interception in every game this year. Yeah, there's a reason why the juice is high. It's because it's likely to happen. But the juice should be 140 or 150. It's only 123. I think it's close to a lock of happening. I can't wait to bet this one. Marcus Mariota, one half interceptions. Over. Dave, I'll say this. You are speaking my language. I love quarterback interception props, and you're exactly right. I have no idea how this juice isn't 150 or above. Like, it will be. It's going to go. Yeah. Uh, Don't take it when it's that high. Yeah. I would take it it up to 130, but that's it. 130? Good call. Like, it's a solid play. That run game's going to be gone, man. All right, see you. You've got two plays on this one. Uh, I'll let you rip it. First one's on Mike Evans. Uh, I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce the second one because I am not educated enough to do so. So floor is yours, sir. Well, I'll go with the second one first, just because we were talking about Marcus Mariota. It's Olamide Zacchaeus over 27 and a half receiving yards. Uh, maybe some of you haven't heard uh, much about Olamide Zacchaeus. He's basically the second wide receiver in the Atlanta office, offense. Not, not a super dynamic receiver. He's out of UVA. He's solid. And so he's getting... Um, it's kind of sad to say he's only getting two targets per game over the last two games. Now he's caught both of them in the first game. He had four targets. He caught all four of those two. The the guy's literally not dropped the ball. Every target that's gone his way. He's caught it 10 out of 10. With that said, we have Kyle Pitts out of this game. We have a negative game script for the Atlanta Falcons. They are going to lean on Drake London, of course, but Tampa Bay is really good against wide receiver one so far this year. So I think Olamide Zacchaeus is going to get a couple more targets by virtue of the fact that, the Bucs are good against wide receiver ones, but also the fact that Kyle Pitts is out of this game. You only have to get, it says 26 and a half here. I think it has moved to 27 and a half, so we'll have to double check that. But 27 and a half, it's, it's at minus 115. Um, I think it's ticked up for the very reasons that I'm telling you. And I think he's going to be the second wide receiver, the second guy for targets from Marcus Mariota. So I like Olamide Zacchaeus over 27 and a half receiving yards. And then the next one, is Mike Evans over 56 and a half receiving yards. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So wait a minute. Before you get to that one, Steve, mm-hmm. I got to correct you on one thing. How did you say his name? Olamide Zacchaeus. When you go to the zoo, some days it's gorilla day. Some days it's cheetah day. And then once a year, it's Olama day. And that's how you say <laughs> his first name. Oh, really? Olama day Zacchaeus. By the way, he's had at least 49 receiving yards in three or four games this year, and mm-hmm. that's with Kyle Pitts on the field. So I love yep. that prop. If it, that one could go up to like 32 and a half, and I would still take it. Totally agree. And yeah. um, so Now, how do you to, pronounce the other guy, the, the prop that you're about to do? His name? Uh, it's uh, McKay Evans, I believe. Thank you. Um, <laughs> McKay Evans, over 56 and a half uh, receiving yards. So he's hit this in, in every single game, even the game that he got kicked out of. I think Tom Brady is <laughs> going to go off in this game. He's at home. You know, the, the Tampa just hasn't been very good. Tom Brady hasn't looked very good. This is a get-right spot for Tom Brady and all of his receivers. Yes, Godwin is probably going to get his, but we're not 100% sure that Godwin is, is at full strength. But it's going to be a lot of Godwin. It's going to be a lot of Mike Evans. Cam Brate is not going to be playing in this game. It looks like Kate Otten is going to take his place if you want to take a – $2,500 DFS flyer on that. But weather's not going to be a factor in this game. It's going to be good. The winds are not going to be high. I think it's going to be a big game from Mike Evans, possibly a big game from Chris Godwin as well. But uh, 56 and a half receiving yards, it, it just seems too low. Honestly, I would have thought this would have opened 63 and a half. 
When you see props like that, Sia, does it make you think that it's a sucker line and yes. you shouldn't take it? Oh, 100%. It, it, it 100% makes me think that. But then, like, th this isn't a Mike Evans narrative for me. It's a Tom Brady narrative. And so I, sure. I just think that Tom Brady is going to pass the ball down the field, even when they're up 10, 14, 17 points. And I think Mike Evans is going to be the primary beneficiary of that. Frankly, 56 and a half re receiving yards, he could get that on three catches potentially. Yeah, no doubt. Like, first off, I hope that we don't have, like, cameras looking to see if Brady's, like, wearing his ring. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm good on all that. However, Tom Brady is 10-0 and 0 in his career against the Atlanta Falcons. 28 touchdowns, four interceptions. It always feels like the Falcons are there when something in Tom Brady's life is not going correct. The Falcons are always there for him to just beat the hell out of. Uh, so, yeah. Sorry about that, Falcons fans. Tough one this weekend. <laughs> uh, next game, the game of the week that everyone is paying attention to. And Dave, you're the only one with a play on it. Texans, Jaguars, AFC <laughs> South showdown. All right, Jaguars, a seven-point favorite. Uh, total 43 and a half. You've got uh, James Robinson over 61 and a half rushing yards. Break it down, buddy. Yeah, it's a little juicy at minus 135 from Caesars, but I think this is a big bounce-back spot for James Robinson. Keep that in mind when you're setting your fantasy lineups. Last week, it was a disaster for the Jaguars. It was raining. Trevor Lawrence turned the ball over five times, and the Eagles' defense is nothing to sneeze at. Keep that in mind when you look at their matchup against Arizona. We'll talk about that one coming up. But Robinson has had at least 64 rush yards in weeks one, two, and three. The Texans are allowing over five yards per carry to running backs this year. They've allowed great rushing averages to Saquon, Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon, Khalil Herbert, even Austin Eckler. And you think about how much the Chargers love to throw the ball. Eckler ran the ball like crazy last week. We already talked about it when we mentioned Eckler earlier in the show. So to me, this is easy. I think James Robinson's going to get enough work to pile his way past 75 yards in the game. I think he scores too. Take the over 61 and a half rushing yards on James Robinson at minus 135. I love it. There we go, man. I'm all for it. All right. Before we get to our next game, Let's take a quick break and hear from one of our partners. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. And we are back. All right. So, Dave and Props, you both have a play on this game. Uh, Dave, I'll start with you. Props, jump in right after him. Cowboys at the Rams. Rams, five-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah, total of 43. Dave, you're on CeeDee Lamb, over five-and-a-half receptions at plus money. Break it down, man. It's plus 104 for a guy who's had six catches in each of his three games with Cooper Rush. So, I'd like to know if this kind of – does this set off your sucker bet alarms? 
Alex and Sia and AB. Let me know. But the Rams, they're allowing a catch rate of 74.2%. That includes six catches to Debo Samuel, Marquise Brown, Drake London, Stephon Diggs. Literally everyone who's had at least six targets against the Rams has had at least six catches. Lamb has at least eight targets in every game so far this year. I think they can't run the ball on the Rams. They're going to have to throw. It's weird that the Rams' pass defense hasn't been itself, and I think the Cowboys are in prime position to take advantage. It wouldn't surprise me if Lamb only has six grabs, but I think he gets over five, and that's the bet. So I'm taking it. CeeDee Lamb over five and a half catches, plus money, baby, 104. There we go. Yeah, look, CeeDee Lamb, he's Cooper Rush's guy for sure. Real quick in the chat, Cheshire Cat says, is this pre-recorded? My friend, it is not. We are live, baby, right here. So anybody, drop any questions that you have in the chat. All right, Prop Stars, coming over to you, man. You've got Allen Robinson under 39 and a half receiving yards. And I don't know if Matthew Stafford even knows he's on the team because he just throws to either uh, Cooper Cup or Tyler Higby. Like, that's it. So break it down, man. What do you say? One thing I did want to say really quickly, and we can get into this later, uh, but I don't believe that there are actual sucker bets as far as props go, and I will elaborate on that later. But I love fading Allen Robinson. I'd love to expand on that, Dave. But, yes, I love fading Allen Robinson under 39.5 receiving yards. Robinson has 7, 23, 53, and 12 yards in four games so far. Those are his game logs. I also expect the Cowboys, they're going to generate a lot of pressure, in my opinion, against this Rams offensive line. That is banged up. We've seen how ferocious and tenacious this Cowboys, Micah Parson-led defensive line is as well. The Cowboys are getting pressure. It's going to make it unlikely that Stafford's going to decide to start throwing it to Allen Robinson, who he just does not have any chemistry with and who's exclusively playing outside as well. We've seen all of Matthew Stafford's targets going over the middle of the field to either Cooper Cup or to Tyler Higby. If talk about a condensed target tree, look no further than that as well. Uh, also, Allen Robinson has just two, two more targets than Ben Skoranek so far, and he's averaging 13 fewer receiving yards per game despite running uh, a lot more routes than Ben Skoranek as well. This Dallas defense has been exceptional versus the pass, fifth in passing DVOA. They've given up the fourth fewest yards to opposing wide receivers this season. Allen Robinson looks like he's running through concrete right now. I just do not see it at all he's an automatic fade and in my opinion at this number against an elite cowboys coverage unit uh yeah until i see more out of alan robinson this is an easy fade for me yeah i feel you on that you know and a couple things in the chat here real quick cheshire cat says i love betting on uh cooper rush also it made me think in terms of cooper cup right like every week you look at his props and it's like there's no way i'm playing (laughs) cooper cup at over 19 receptions at minus 160, yet he just continues to do it. And obviously, some hyperbole there with those numbers. But, like, it's just nuts. Like, I don't understand in the NFL, like, everyone knows, everyone knows the ball's going to Cooper Cup, and they cannot stop this man. Like, he's just unbelievable. Now, a question, props. Yeah, and we'll get to it. Feel free to jump. Like, uh, Jason Kane says, what are we taking Allen Robinson down to? I see him at 35 and a half. 
Yeah, uh, he might have moved after I submitted the pick. Unfortunately, there is like an hour or two laps sometimes after we submit picks. So you will see some movement on some of these plays, unfortunately. I personally play it down to about 36, 37 and a half. Uh, you might want to wait and see if it kind of steams back up. Like as far as taking unders, because the public kind of gravitates towards them, oftentimes uh, you'll see them sort of steam up towards uh, as we get closer to kickoff. So a lot of times it pays to sort of wait if you can't get a play number so i'd advise playing it no lower than 36 and a half and just kind of waiting to see if it comes back up um but yeah one thing i would love everyone's take is i spend next to no time looking at spreads and sides and totals but i do not understand how the rams are five and a half point favorites over any team much less this cowboys team that has an elite defense one of the best defenses in the nfl we've also seen cooper rush look like a very viable quarterback certainly a great backup and to me, it just makes no sense that the Rams would be favored five and a half points over any team, much less, in my opinion, above average Cowboys team. So hey, I'll tell you this, Dave, jump in. Uh, sure. Let me say, uh, this is going to be a home game for the Cowboys, by the yes. way. Absolutely a home game for the Cowboys. Dave, go ahead. So I would I would play this Allen Robinson prop down to like 17 and a half yards. He's absolutely <laughs> toast. Matthew Stafford doesn't look for him. This is a team that cannot wait to get Van Jefferson back after the bye. For those of you that play in fantasy, find a way to get Van Jefferson into one of your IR spots. I think he's going to matter. And Tyler Higby, the whole reason, the whole existence for Tyler Higby in fantasy right now is because Allen Robinson is playing like a grandpa in a wheelchair, and Matthew Stafford <laughs> knows it. He's not throwing to him. There was another prop that I was thinking about for this game. I'm not going to make it an official prop. Just some food for thought. Matthew Stafford. Under one and a half touchdowns at minus 111. This is another game where he's going to be under siege from the Cowboys pass rush. His offensive line's terrible. One game with more than two touchdowns this year for Stafford. Dallas hasn't allowed more than one passing touchdown in a game yet this season. They've taken on Brady. They've taken on Burrow. Why didn't I make this one of my top five? I Now I'm wishing that I had. I like um, it a lot too, Dave. Yeah, Stafford is going to have a hard time getting two touchdowns. Hey, well, I'll tell you what, uh, about 45 minutes ago, or maybe a little bit more, uh, Larry Hartstein uh, played Matthew Stafford over half an interception on the early edge and five show. So he pretty much like, Mark. yeah, like you guys what are were the odds. Do you remember? Minus 125. Um, yep. Yeah. I, okay. All right. Yeah. 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 I like it. All right. Last game here, gentlemen. Eagles, five point favorite at the Arizona Cardinals, a total of 49. Dave, you're the only one with official play, but I love you guys' thoughts anywhere on the game. Uh, you know, if you looked at, you know, a play, didn't quite, you know, pull the trigger, but you liked it, you know, feel free to jump in. But, Dave, Kyler Murray, over 36 and a half pass attempts, minus 125. Break it down, sir. A little bit juicy again at minus 125, but Arizona really doesn't have a choice. They can talk about trying to run the ball more, but if they do it, they're just going to fall behind. They cannot run the ball. Offensive line doesn't block well. James Conner looks like he's running – maybe a step faster than Allen Robinson, but not two or three steps faster. And I think the best chance that Arizona has to stay competitive in this game is to let Kyler Murray do his thing. And he doesn't really run the ball as much as he used to. He is going to throw it. And they are more of a horizontal offense rather than a vertical offense. And so that's going to lead to more pass attempts. So he should be able to get, I don't know, let's call it 42 pass attempts. That's the number he was averaging before. Uh, that's the number that... Well, let me look at my notes real quick. It's the number that quarterbacks were averaging against Philadelphia 
before last week, 42 pass attempts per game. And the reason why it's not anymore is because Trevor Lawrence turned the ball over a ton last week, really didn't throw the ball a lot. Now quarterbacks are averaging 37 attempts. Kyler Murray has at least 45 pass attempts in two of three games. They're a home dog against the undefeated Eagles. I fully expect Arizona to be trailing in this game. That leads to more pass attempts for Kyler Murray. Look for him to have at least 40 of them against the Eagles. Yeah, great call. And not only, you know, to bring that number down, you speak about Trevor Lawrence, like not only the turnovers, it was also raining in a mess. Like it took all of those factors to come in to bring that number down. So excellent call on that. Prop stars. Yeah, let it rip up. What do you got? Yeah, I love where Dave's head's at with this prop. I think this is a super sharp play. I think this game environment is going to be super friendly uh, for Kyler Murray, and I do think that we're going to see a ton of volume out of him, so I think that's an excellent way to attack this. One prop I did want to mention that I like quite a bit. It's moved a lot since it's open, so I'm, I, I didn't have a chance to make it a play, but I really like Dallas Goddard in this matchup. His line opened at 38 and a half yards. He ran a route on every single drop back last week from Jalen hurts i believe he played 100 of the snaps as well which was pretty unbelievable um so he is on the field a ton and he has a very he is the deepest a dot for any tight end that plays as much as he plays and he's getting a healthy amount of targets as well coupled with the fact that the cardinals are the worst team against opposing tight ends in the nfl this season so this is a really great matchup for Dallas Goddard, who opened very, very low. And uh, I talk about it all the time. A healthy target share with a deep A dot is the recipe for potential spike games. And this looks like a potential spike game for Dallas Goddard, in my opinion. There we go. There we go. Yeah, see it. One other thing, it, this was going to be a play. I actually ended up subbing in Mike Evans for this play. And it was partly because the juice was kind of getting out of control. But if you can get Zach Ertz over four and a half catches, which he's blown out of the water the last few games, uh, in two of which he had 10 and 11 targets. Um, I'm seeing it on DraftKings right now at minus 140. It might be minus 130 in places. And if that's the case, I do like Zach Ertz over four and a half catches for a lot of the reasons Dave was just talking about with respect to the pass attempts. He is one of the, if not the most reliable target, obviously him and Marquise Brown. Uh, and, and he's reliable because of where he is on the field. And I think Kyler Murray is going to be looking his way quite a bit, uh, whether it's a negative or a neutral game script. I love it. And I love in the chat, like right at the exact same time, Greg Fincher mass. See ya. Is this an earth's revenge game in fantasy? So there you go. <laughs> nice. You guys would think it's fine. Answer on. is yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. All right. We've reached the end of the show. Let's bring up the recap here and take a look at what everyone is on prop stars. I'll tell you what, let you guys let him rip prop stars. Go ahead. What you got? Terry McLaurin over 56 and a half receiving yards. I play play it up to about 59 and a half. I do expect this one to close around 62, 63 and a half yards. Allen Robinson under 39 and a half receiving yards. I play this one down to about 36 and a half. Uh, I would suggest waiting on it if it has sunk lower than that. Next up, Devin Singletary over 17 and a half receiving yards. I play that one up to about 19 and a half, 20 and a half at the most. I'd scale down with your units though, because these margins for running back receiving props are very thin. Austin Eckler over 51 and a half rushing yards. I'd probably play that one up to 53 and a half. Saquon Barkley, longest rush over 14 and a half yards. I'd play that to about minus 140. Lovely. Dave? My favorite play is CeeDee Lamb over five and a half catches. Seems like a lock, and we're getting odds in our favor, so I'll take that. Najee Harris, under 71 and a half total yards. This guy was supposed to be amazing. The offense around him, not so amazing, and a really bad spot for the Steelers 
with Kenny Pickett making his first NFL start at Buffalo. Kyler Murray is going to have to throw for his life over 36 and a half pass attempts against the Philadelphia Eagles. Marcus Mariota, he's going to throw a pick against the Bucks defense that has at least one interception in every game this year. Minus 123 on that bad boy. And James Robinson, huge bounce back game over 61 and a half rushing yards. Jacksonville squishes the Texans. That one's minus 135. But it's worth it. <laughs> I love it. See you. Bring us home, buddy. All right. We got Kareem Hunt over 63 and a half rushing and receiving yards. I think the Browns are going to be able to run all over the um, the Los Angeles Chargers. And if for some reason they get in a negative game script, you've got Kareem Hunt uh, catching the ball in that. Elijah Moore over 43 and a half receiving yards. I do think we're going to start to see a little bit of what we saw last year with Zach Wilson locking in on Elijah Moore. This is a banged up secondary with uh, prominent people on the IR and and um, and one guy questionable but likely to play. So uh, Devin Singletary under 53 and a half rushing yards. Uh, I like that. Of course, I, I think we're going to see a little bit more of James Cook and a little bit more of Zach Moss if this game gets out of hand. Mike Evans over 56 and a half receiving yards. I could see him doing that in three catches. I think it'll be a big game, big day for Tom Brady. And Oh, no. I'm going to need Dave for this. Uh, Olamade? Olamade. Olamade. Darn it. I was so Remember, it's, it's not O-Parakeet Day or O-Lion Day. It's Olamade. <laughs> I'm not. Based on that, I'm not going to remember. Olamade Zacchaeus, over 26 and a half receiving yards. He's the de facto number two receiver with Kyle Pitts out. I expect him to get four to five targets and eclipse this 26 and a half receiving yard total. See, the funny thing to me is, you, you nail his last name every time, but the first name you're struggling with. You'll get there. You'll get there. And then you will graduate on to the tight end in Denver. Oh, no. I blame it on Stia's flu. I think he deserves a yeah. pass. That's right. Say That's that again. Mispronunciation flu. Yeah. You haven't heard of that? That's a thing. I, I believe it. it. Yeah, I would too. All right. You need Before to take you... some alphabet soup to, to get over <laughs> I love it. All right, before we get out of here, uh, give you guys a minute to, uh, you know, uh, give something that you're looking forward to this weekend or plug well, something. Can we, that can we yeah. do that? I, I actually, I'm sorry to cut you off, AB. I want to I want to learn from Proppy uh, on what he was saying earlier um, about why he doesn't think there's such a thing as sucker bets. Yeah. So, so when if, I, if we only have a few minutes left, if you don't but, mind, no, no, I'd like hey, to hear your, that. Yeah, rather than go all about our, our, our games and final thoughts. Uh, I think we could all stand to learn from that. So when, so when we're looking at player props in comparison to like sides and totals, just the sheer vastness of the coverage space, there's literally thousands and thousands of player props on a weekly basis that are coming out just because of that sheer surface area. The books are just inevitably dropping a ton of very inefficient lines coupled with the fact that these bets are capped uh, the books know that they're giving up some value, quite a bit of value for player props because you're not able to get down a lot of action. And what I mean by that, you can't bet. Most people aren't able to bet more than three or $400 on an individual prop. The books are very aware that they're very soft, meaning that the, that the players can find an advantage or have an exploitable edge. So the books are aware that they're giving up a lot of value here with props. And because there's just so many props that are being released on a weekly basis, there's just inevitably going to be some very, very soft spots to take advantage of. And that's why people like me and other prop bettors are able to have a really high win rate that you can't have betting sides and totals, which are uh, invariable, much sharper than props. And that's why he's not side stars or total stars. He's prop stars. 
Absolutely. And also with that, I want to see like a live camera to where he's at like Starbucks or the grocery store, or whatever, getting gas. And he's like, yeah, let me get 20 on pump five. And, you know, the person's like, hey, what do you think about the Cowboys this week? 85 minutes later, they're like, okay, thanks. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that that definitely that happens in the fantasy world all the time. Oh, dude, I can oh my god, I can only imagine. I do not want to see what your phone or email looks like like Saturday night into Sunday because my god, like even like all of your like close friends and family, I know they're hitting you up constantly. And it's not just that, but it's it's people around the league who play fantasy. It's people who cover teams who play fantasy. Uh, I usually tell people, don't don't reach out on Sundays. I'm not going to get back to you. There's two reasons for it. One, I'm really busy on Sundays, obviously. But two, that's when a lot of people who are close to football are making their fantasy decisions. And I need to be there for them because I want to stay in contact with them. So that, that that's just my phone and that's just my inbox. Uh, my wife and I were interrupted at dinner a couple weeks ago. Uh, one one server at a different restaurant recognized who I was by my voice. Wow! And these people, like I, I love them. They're passionate about fantasy, so I don't mind talking with anybody about fantasy football. It, it's you know, it's created my livelihood. I'm happy to talk about it with anybody, but it always leads to a 10 minute conversation about their teams and they break out their phones and they show me their rosters. Like they're going over baby pictures or something. Yeah. Here's my team. It, it is. I know. And I'm happy to do it. It's a lot of fun. Fantasy's great, but it, it's just, it's definitely time consuming for people who are in the business and certainly uh, people who do props. It's time consuming for us too. And we're going to get to a point real soon where, uh, where prop is going to be, you know, I don't know where he's going to be. He'll be buying something somewhere and people are going to recognize him. And it's going to be a long conversation going over every single <laughs> on the sports book app, just to make sure they've got all the bases covered for a winning week. And you know what? I bet Alex will do it with a smile. I dude, I bet he will too. And I didn't even think about that. You have seen so many cell phones from everybody. I did not even think about of like them pulling up their team to show you. My goodness, man. You've seen more cell phones than Steve Jobs did. Props, what were you about to say? I was just going to say, as far as Dave's uh, concern, I've been listening to Dave for, I think, over 10 years. I've been a fan of Dave's and listening to his podcast. So getting to do this stream with Dave, uh, we do, this is our second season now doing it together, was such a treat for me. So I would have loved to have bumped into Dave while I was prior to uh, when I only recognized his voice. So I can imagine other people uh, hearing Dave's voice and also recognize Well, let me say, I was going to put my money that you were the busboy at that restaurant that came up to him. <laughs> Uh, wife tried to have a meal. No, 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 no. But there, there is someone who who once saw me on Las Olas Boulevard while with his his lady friend, and I was with my wife and stopped and said hi, and we had a good conversation. But I wonder who that him. was. That's uh, right. Now look at where he is. We're sharing this space here uh, on the show, and he's he's better at props than I am. So oh, please. I disagree with that, but I agree. Hey, look, I was one and four last week, and I was way off the mark. So, yeah, we can only be so bad. Intelligent and self-deprecating humor. Like, what more could you ask? All right, Dave, what should we be paying attention to uh, of your work that we could see that's already out or maybe be coming out? Yeah, what do you look forward to this weekend? You know, I've got a lot of fantasy content. If you're looking to make start-sit decisions, go to my cheat sheet. They're called... Fantasy football cheat sheet for week five. You can find it on cbssports.com. You can even Google Dave Richard cheat sheet. 
There's one for PPR. There's one for non-PPR. Real easy way for you to get start-sit decisions without all the analysis baked in. It's a number system. The player that's got the higher number is the player that you should start in your fantasy team. It's real easy, and it's a lot better than tweeting me or finding me at a restaurant or looking for me on, under the stall in a men's room or something like that and saying, <laughs> hey, who do I start between player A and player B? So go for that. And then, of course, Sunday morning, starting at 9 a.m. this week, this is an early game in London. Don't forget about it. If you're setting your fantasy lineup, make sure it's good to go Sunday morning. Get your fantasy help. 9 a.m. fantasy football today, live on CBS Sports HQ and on the free CBSSports.com app. Wise words as always. See ya. What you got, buddy? Yeah, speaking of fantasy football today, um, Mike McClure and I do fantasy football today, DFS, Tuesdays and Thursdays. So if you're making DraftKings or FanDuel or Yahoo lineups, whatever it is, uh, we go we do a game-by-game -game preview every Thursday. We do an early look and a recap on Tuesdays. Definitely get that into your rotation because it's really going to help you make lineups and be different. Uh, it's A lot of it is about roster construction and things of that nature. Uh, and the other thing is at 12 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, uh, I do a show with uh, Coach and a few others where we go over the, the entire um, Sunday slate. So that's something that, you know, it's kind of like last minute stuff, which, which actually can be kind of helpful, especially when you're talking about weather issues and things of that nature. Like for example, uh, Chargers, Cleveland, Bills, Pittsburgh, there might be some wind issues in that game. We go over what we like against the spread totals. And we talk about some of the weather implications, things of that nature as well. Yeah. An excellent show. Like pay attention to it. Obviously. Um, yeah. You guys go over a ton there. Prop stars. Look, last, certainly not least my man, what you got, buddy. Uh, I, yeah, you can catch me on pretty much every single NFL <laughs> sports line stream. Uh, that same one that CEO was talking about noon Eastern before Sunday kickoff. I also appear on this Friday stream. I appear on Thursday night football, Sunday night football, Monday night football, sports line streams as well. I write a weekly column that comes out Thursdays, usually ahead of kickoff. And uh, yeah, I also do a Twitter spaces show every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern as well. Nice work. Nice work. Well, gentlemen, I do have to say thank you so much for having me in on your show. It was fantastic. Coach will be back next week. Just had some things he had to take care of. He's selling a house in Connecticut. Get rid of that. Be done with it for sure. We said, look, man, just go handle it. It's too difficult to do 91 things at one time. Just knock it out. So he's doing that. But he will be back next week. But I thank you for allowing me to come in and talk ball with you guys. So, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be live Saturday, 10 a.m. Eastern, normal time, for The Early Edge. But until then, best of luck. It's Cashy's Tickets. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.